Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host this evening. So lads, another win uh, to talk about tonight. But just before we get to that, um, can we please uh, uh, give us a like, subscribe. And also if you fancy uh, becoming a member and getting more content, then uh, you know join. Um, and we're getting quite a few lately. So uh, And as always, get your comments in and I'll try and get a, uh, you know few, uh, through as many as I can. But with me tonight, starting with Colin. How are you, Colin? I'm good, Mason. I was just thinking this is the first time in a good few weeks we've podded together. I've been missing you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm delighted to go into the international break um, on on a high. Um, although Rangers makers work for said highs, but it's good to be finishing on a win. No, absolutely. And uh, I can't stand these international breaks. I think it's the last one before the season ends. So... Uh, yeah, and I think it is. I said that earlier, Colin. We haven't been on together for a while, so uh, absolute pleasure. But next up, we've got Davey P. How are you, Davey? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's good to be back on, lads. Uh, another Rangers victory. Another Rangers away victory. It's just uh, getting gooder and gooder. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, we'll come to them away wins that we keep racking up. Um, but also with us tonight, we've got Bill. And how are you, Bill? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good, sir, and pleasure to be on. Good victory for Rangers yesterday, if, despite the fact that we made very hard work of it by conceding two ridiculous goals, but pretty satisfying. We controlled the game, and yeah, good to see and going into the international break on a high. No, absolutely, and it wouldn't be Rangers without conceded ridiculous goals, would it? Um, it's something that's, that's happened all season. Um, but, Colin, before we get to the football um, I want to you know, talk about the protests that were in the stands um, before the game yesterday. Um, I think, personally, these protests are going to get you know, bigger and bigger. And I think the longer the season uh, rolls on, I'm a little bit surprised 
you know, more protest wasn't um, didn't come a little bit earlier, if I'm honest, because I think that, that this has been inevitable. But um, what was your thoughts on, on that one yesterday? Obviously, Sky Sports early kickoff, um, main talking point, um, you know, from, from from the whole game yesterday. I first of all, whether you agree with the protests or not, I think any type of protest they've done it the right way. Um, I don't really like cutting the nose off to spite your face when fan stage walkouts, stuff like that, because ultimately it hinders the team. And we know this Rangers team does respond well to a, a good crowd behind them. So I think that's a, the right way to do it. Um, a, a unified image on national television gets the media talking and then they're still there to cheer on the team. So I thought it was a very well-organised protest, um, regardless if you agree with the message or not. I think it's... Um, I, we'll all come in, we'll probably spend about 10 minutes on it, I'd imagine, but you could talk two, three hours on this. Um, there is so many different elements to it. I, I think what we do need to understand as fans, or maybe start thinking about is what saying game in these protests. We want change, but what does that change look like? What's actually fundamental? Is it just we don't want that personnel in, or do we want that personnel doing something different? And that's probably where I think there's maybe a bit of lack of, a lack of cohesion between the people who are unhappy at the current state of affairs. My personal opinion, I don't think Ross Wilson has done enough to to stay in the, stay in the role. I, I do think the, the poor signings and the poor decisions has outweighed the the good that he's done, albeit we did get to a European final um, under on the back of some of the signings he's made. Um, Stuart Robertson, I think, is a bit more difficult because I, I think a lot of people will be unhappy at maybe the investors, Douglas Parks, John Bennett, Stuart Robertson and other board members because he's a public figure. He gets the majority of the flack. I think we need to understand what do we want for Stuart Robertson because if we if his main role is to is to keep the business model going and growing, he's actually doing that, whether we like it or not. Like Rangers are investing more money than what they have done in the last five, six years. They're generating more profit. My argument is I don't think the money's been spent well enough, and that leads to Ross Wilson. So I think it's a bit more difficult with Stuart Robertson. Do we we need to understand what do we want for somebody in that position? Then we know do we want him out or do we want him to do something different? Yeah. I think I think you make some some really good points there, um, and the Stuart Robertson one is is a little bit different um, because you know it, Ross Wilson for me this is where it's mainly mainly from. But I, I can understand you know the reasons why supporters want want uh, uh, Stuart Robertson out as well. But but Davy P, what's your thoughts on on the protest yesterday and and obviously the two the you know the two, the obvious it was so obvious for the two the two uh, posters up with who um, the supporters are talking about. Uh, well, I think Colin's just you know nailed it. To be honest, in terms of you know that the, the fans will always have the right to make their feelings known. You know, if there's something they're unhappy about or they want issues addressed, they should always have the right to uh, make that known to the board. Uh, and I would have hoped that there would be some forum where they could do it. You know, sitting across a table rather than be holding up, you know, leaflets at, at the ground. But there isn't, so they're pretty much left to. Uh, you know the the actions that they took yesterday. I think, but I think what's most important for me, you know, and, and whether it's Ross Wilson or, or, or and I, I, do, I agree with Colin. I don't think he's done a particularly brilliant job. You know, it's probably a four or five out of ten. But 
uh, what has to happen, you know, for us to improve, for us to get back to winning that league, because we, we we burst our ass, and Stevie G's got to take some of the credit in term and getting the coefficient to a level where we had an automatic qualification for the Champions League from winning the league, and then didn't put ourselves in the position to actually benefit from that. This is a fucking hard one to take, to be honest, because the danger is we'll we'll start slipping down the coefficient. And then we'll be back to the qualifiers for the Champions League when, you know, winning the league automatically guarantees you that money. So what I hope to see from Rangers, and if this protest helps in any way, then then it's a worthwhile thing, is that we get the proper process in place, we get the proper personnel in place to make sure that in the summer we recruit the best we can so that by the start of next season we are ready to, to to take advantage of of a European coefficient that largely we were responsible for, so that's what I'm I'm hoping will, will come of this. As to Stuart Robertson, Stuart Robertson for me is a bit vanilla. I know someone who is very good friends with Stuart Robertson a long time ago, and he speaks very well of him, saying you know that he's one of us. He is uh, his heart's in the right place. You know he's been in the way buses to go to. You know, here, there, and everywhere, see Rangers. So he's done the miles. So, but that, because he's a Rangers fan, doesn't mean he's he's competent. But I mean, the guy's done a, an okay job. There are a few issues that I would like to see him pay more attention to. But on the whole, I don't really have much of an axe to grind with Stuart Robertson, to be honest. Ross Wilson, that's another argument. We could, uh, <clears throat> aye, that would be a, a more heated conversation, because we put it that way. But <laughs> Uh, no, we, we have to get it right for the summer. If, if if all this leads to us getting a better process in place to, for us to recruit in the summer the, better, then, then it will be mission accomplished for me. No, absolutely. And, you know, there's so many things to point out there, David, Peter, you make really good points. Um, you know, I'll come on to mine in a sec. But, Bill, let's bring you in on this. What's your thoughts on the, you know, yesterday's protest and, you know, the positions of, of, of Stuart Robertson and Ross Wilson? Yeah, um, I think I said last week on the show, I'm not a fan of protests in general. I would prefer, as Davey said, if there was some sort of forum where the board would discuss this with supporters. That's not happening at the moment, but that being what it is, I think that, as Colin said, the, the protests yesterday were done in the right way. I don't think they made us look undignified and I don't think they made us look like the other mob when they protest and you know that's something I'm always wary of with protests as looking like the other mob we don't want to look like them. On Wilson I'm still prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt I think he, he really has to get it right this summer. He's he's made some really good signings for us let's not forget he's brought in guys like Cantwell and like Tillman and he's brought in guys that we thought would come on to a game like the likes of Matondo, who's been a bit disappointing. And you have to accept that whether it's Wilson or anyone else, there's nobody going to get it right 100% of the time. But he's sort of now sitting in that little margin where he's got enough of them wrong that I think mm-hmm. anymore. And, you know, we could justifiably be getting his jotters. Um, Stuart Robertson, as Davy says, um, you, you actually put it perfectly, Davy. The impression I get is that he's a bit vanilla. Um, and yeah, you're right, you know, being a Rangers man doesn't necessarily qualify you to do a job at Rangers. Um, I think he's done okay. 
and I don't have any particularly strong feelings towards him. Again, prepared to continue to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And uh, just want to pick that up. Um, firstly, thanks to Caroline, who's just become a new member, and everyone that has, we, we really appreciate it. Um, Curry, you know, a fellow podder, has asked, um, you know, the thoughts on, on Bill's comments regarding Wilson yesterday. Um, I think it's fairly, for me, fairly obvious that Ross Wilson is going nowhere. I think Bill's hinted to that and obviously already started speaking about next season and he said it's exciting. We've heard this stuff. This is, you know, this standard. I think he's, you know, Ross Wilson was was huge in getting Michael Bill back to the football club. So you're not going to ever get Michael Bill coming out and, and saying anything different than that. Um, just, to, uh, just to go back onto Davey's point, um, I think this all comes from win the league at 55. I think it was an end game for a lot of these bought the board. Um, and it felt, feels like that um, because we didn't go and invest in, in, in you know, we, we had a poor transfer window last summer. And I think that was the start of it. We did get to a European final. Don't get me wrong, but we would have won a European final if we recruited one or two a little bit better. And let's be, let's be honest about that. And my biggest frustration about the, you know, the recruitment this summer has been we've just played in European, you know, Europa League final. Is the players we brought in the best we could have attracted at the time? Because everyone last season see what Ibrox was like rocking throughout. There's some of the teams, top teams we knocked out. And then I'll go back to the question to Ross Wilson. Is these the best players you could have brought in at that time? And I, I think we've missed a boat with, with many. But this is one that we could go on. We could do a whole podcast on this all, all night, gents. And, and please get your comments in and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put them up. But, but Colin, on to the game yesterday. Motherwell way, early kickoff. Uh, we, I can't remember the last time at half 12 on a Saturday, we turned up for the first uh, half hour, 45 minutes. We don't start playing until about one o'clock. Um, and that's what it's been like all season. Um, but but starting with the, the, the lineup, Yilmaz comes in for, for Barisic. Um, we, that was, you know, that was one that Bill spoke about early that we knew that was going to happen. And I was I was a bit surprised that he went with uh, Jack and Lundstrom um, for this one. What was your thoughts on the the first eleven yesterday. Yeah, for the left back position, I I was happy to see Yilmaz. I was maybe thinking, is Adam Devine maybe a shout? But we've been everybody's been streaming for Yilmaz to get back for injury, so it didn't surprise me that he was he was the one to replace Barisic. And incidentally, I thought he he done okay after the you know the the first goal onwards um, for Lundstrom. I was surprised that it was Jack and Lundstrom. Rational being available was a was a killer. It, it really was because we see how much how much the team respond to having a bit more energy in the middle of the park. And I think Jack can't really quite do what Ration does. So um, although the Jack and Lundstrom do offer different qualities, they do pretty much play at the same play at the same pace. And I thought we just lacked energy in there. I think it had to be Jack or Lundstrom and going forward. I think there is a role for both in them in the team, even in the next season, but it's Jack or Lundstrom. So Kamara hasn't been great. I thought he might have gave you a wee bit more legs or even Malik Tillman and playing alongside Cantwell because it was a game where we should have had a lot of the ball. I don't think, even though they we, we know Motherwell got a time when they battle first and foremost, we were always going to have more of the ball. So Tillman or maybe even Kamara might have made a bit better use of that. So I think my fears did come to fruition when on some just it's a 
it's all shit you're all shite with John Lundstrom and it really annoyed he's made me look like an arsehole Mason because I've been <laughs> defending him to the high hills for the last year arguing with David Tomlinson and you know he's <laughs> he's making David Tomlinson look like a football genius um, compared to me um, it's Lundstrom he does have all the ability in the world and he's got such a good long range of passing but it's it's a very nice role he has to be that midfield anchor they can and if you could do anything else, and that is frustrating. Yeah, and I actually think I said it uh, Thursday night, Colin. I wanted I wanted to speak to you about that one about John Lundstrom, but I, I was uh, by the way four or five months ago I was in exactly the same position as you, and I think Davy P as well, big John Lundstrom fans, but um, he's been miles off it, and, and and I think it's actually took Raskin to come into the midfield, and and we see him play with Jack um, and Cantwell as well, um, who, who was absolutely brilliant yesterday, and we'll come on to that. But to actually realise what John Lundstrom does compared to them, them three, you're going, oh, this is night and day. Here. Um, and, 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 you know, again, for the second goal, we'll come on to that. John Lundstrom again. Um, but Davey P. So, actually, go on. You, you wasn't on Thursday night. So, so John Lundstrom, um, was you surprised to see him in the team yesterday? And what should have been your thoughts on him? Because obviously there's a lot of question marks on him for, for next season as well. I think pretty much what Colin said. Uh, I mean, we had seventy-eight percent possession. So, is that enough of the ball for you know to be uh, getting out, get some creative players, you know, doing their stuff? Seventy-eight percent, you know, God. So, I, I think Collins just uh, explained, you know, the problem. He's just dead slow and and not enough, you know, move forward movement. I mean, I had a wee rant at him at that corner. You know, David Tomlinson would have been proud of me. It was. Uh, You'd have been slapping my back for that one. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I thought uh, Ryan Jack played very well, to be honest. I, I think he was doing enough, and, and we could have probably put someone on, maybe Malik Tillman, but, uh, and made more use of the, the 70% possession. <clears throat> which I think, you know, as the game wore on, and I'm quite liking this Rangers, you know, where we, we finished quite strongly and we're a couple of goals ahead, and we chance after chance at the end. So we, we don't have that. We didn't the last few weeks, you know, in the, the away games, we haven't had the kind of nail biting, you know, clinging on at the end, you know, oh no, there they've got a corner. You know, so that we haven't had those finishes in, in a wee while, you know, in the away games, which is uh, which is nice because I, I do like that when we've won it comfortably and you know, and, and then at a question, it was just a question of and Beal I think made the in his after match comments made the point that we uh, we should maybe scored a few more than the four that we did score. And I, and I think he's right. I think Alfredo could, you know, have to come on in 65 minutes and he could have scored a hat-trick. So it was a, it was all good stuff. You know, we'd, we had a wee moments, you know, in, with the two goals, particularly the second one, which was just a disaster. But uh, I thought we, uh, we, were, we were quite good yesterday. So, but in terms of, you know, Ryan Jack and John Lundstrom, no, it's a no for me. No, I think it's spot on there, David. Bill, so the first the first goal, Motherwell score after a couple of minutes. Um, I've got to be honest, watching it live, I thought it was it was well offside. Um, but before I come on to that, it's a goal we can we see Rangers concede over and over, um, and that's my biggest frustration here. Um, but I have to say, I can't, I thought this was offside. I don't understand how they've. Drew the Lions here. Um, it, it's, it's Scottish football at its peak. They've gone cheap with VAR, and I think that's what you get. It's from the 
the best camera angle you can get. And uh, yeah, the, the Lions just didn't match up. I thought he was he was offside. What, what was your thoughts on on that one? Uh, in real time, I thought it was offside. But looking at the replay, I think Goldson plays him on. And what happens is you see three of the back four take that step forward to play the man off. But Goldson doesn't step quite as far forward as the other three. And there's only about, you know, a yard in it, maybe. And I I, I don't want to be over, overly critical of Goldson there because, you know, it's, it's not a huge shambolic mistake that he's made. It's just another step forward that he's missed. Um, I don't think it necessarily reflects badly on Yelmaz because although the man's on the outside of Yelmaz, Yelmaz has got every right to expect that he's offside when that ball's played through to him, given Yilmaz's positioning and the positioning of the defensive line for Rangers. But it's just so frustrating, so frustrating to be losing an early goal again. You know, it's, it's how many games is that? And I, I think, you know, when you, you look at the goal itself, the, the ball past Yilmaz out on the wing, there's, I think, Ben Davies put his arm up for offside, but play went on. It was actually a great cross, and a very composed finish by Van Bain at the back post. So, you know, you have to give Motherwell the credit there for capitalising on that because, you know, it's, they still had a lot to do despite the fact that the guy looked to be offside. Um, so, I, you know, I think it's it's one of those goals. I, I don't think it was a horrendous goal to lose. It was just a very frustrating goal to lose. And it's something we need to stop doing, whether it becomes about more defensive coaching in terms of everybody steps at the same time or everybody stays back. I, I don't know if that's maybe the answer, but we need to do something. We need to stop losing these early goals. Yeah, it's just, I think now we are the, in Europe, I think we've, you know, brought back the most points in Europe now. I think uh, Feyenoord, uh, if they would have gone behind today, would have been level fixed. 24 points we've saved, which look, mm. you know, I've called tonight's pod fighting back well. We've done, that's something we have done well, but, Imagine if we started games and scored the first goal, you know, the, the goal difference would be looking a lot better than, than it is yeah. right now. Um, but Colin, it, it does, it, it feels that, you know, it, it takes a, it takes for us something to happen in a game for us to react. We're very reactive this season. Um, we're, not, we're not on the front foot, foot enough, especially at the start of the game, which is, is really frustrating. And I think our, our whole first half performance yesterday was exactly that. I think Bill tried something a little bit different. Um, in the front three that did not work at all. Cholak looked like he was coming off the right. Um, I don't know what's gone through his head to think that Cholak's able to do that. He's a target man, number nine. I don't think he can play any other role. Um, before we get onto the equaliser, what were your thoughts on the setup of, of, of us sort of going forward yesterday? I was surprised. I, um, I think I think Cholak has got our a lot of credit in the bank um, after the last few weeks just to how he's developing his game. We, we started the season, we thought he was just trying to be a, a chess boy, a, a penalty box striker, but we've seen over the last month or so there's so much more to his game. So I can only guess that maybe his link-up play and how well he's he's been at coming deep and letting players go beyond him. That's maybe part of the thinking about playing him on the right to see if, right, okay, maybe if he can be involved more in the link-up play, just use Sakala's raw pace um, to try and get in behind the, the more level players. It didn't work out at all, but um, that was that was by far Cholak's um, worst game in the Rangers jersey. I'm going to come a bit of slack, but there's so many players, uh, people saying 
uh, oh, sorry, this is why he can't be your lead number nine going into next season. I've seen enough of him to, to think that he definitely can be our first or second option next season. Um, he is going to have an off game, but I think it does highlight um, the need to have two or three different strikers that can bring you different things. Um, I, I, I dare say we... We would have got a lot more joy in the first half had Cholak and Sakala swapped back to the original. But I, in the in the cold light of day, when we've won away from home, scored four goals, albeit we lost two goals defensively, we've tried something. We know it doesn't work. I'll, I'm not going to be annoyed that we've tried it. I'll be annoyed if he tries it again and again and it continues to not work. But this is the the, the league's gone. This is the time to be trying things for, for next season. Yeah, no, 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 and, and you make a really good point there, Colin, about, you know, Bill has said we're going to try things, um, and, and look, as long as I never see that again, um, but you make a, an even better point about Chola, the amount of criticism I see him get yesterday, by the way, he had a stink up, he had an absolute nightmare, right, which is going to happen, but it, it, some of the comments about him, and, and then the one that keeps getting thrown up is, he can't do what Morelos does, he can't do this, can't do that, it was only two weeks ago, he went to Easter Road, he scored two, two really good finishes and everyone's saying the opposite. It's nuts. Just, you know, I don't think he's a man that should lead lead, uh, lead, lead us, lead the line against in all firm games or in Europe, by the way. I'll give you that. But domestically, Cholak's fine. It's about what's around him and how you use him around him. He, he needs players in, in and about him and not at wide right. Um, Davey P, we did get an equaliser um, yesterday in the first half. Tavernier with, with a free kick. Um, that was our first shot, first shot on goal, and the only shot on goal in that in that first half, which I think sort of sums up the performance. But we've uh, most of us on here this season have, have criticised Tavani. I thought yesterday was one of his best games. I thought there was a couple of crosses he overhit first half. But look, the amount of times we're we're one nil down, two one down, and he pulls one out of the bag. You know, it was a brilliant free kick. It certainly was. It was Johnny Lundstrom who won the free kick. You know, God bless him. <laughs> I thought he could have just dived into that box just a wee bit earlier. Mm. Maybe got us the penalty. Made it a wee bit easier for Tav. But Tav's goal was uh, superb. You know, Liam Kelly, I don't think, covered themselves in glory. I think he... Goalkeepers, you know, I know if I was a goalkeeper, I'd be conscious of smacking the post. But the... getting it over, the... I mean, it missed the guy when it goes over his head in, in the wall. And I think it was uh, Sean Goss, actually, who was over his head. It went over his head by about two inches. So Tav absolutely placed it beautifully. You know, over and, and then down solo, which kind of gave Liam Kelly the problem because the ball arrived at the goal very low. So he had to get down, never quite managed it. Tav's popped one in, saved us again, God bless him. Uh, but it was uh, some finish. He is... Uh, and 98 goals, you know, God almighty, the guy's just, he just keeps proving me wrong. So maybe I shouldn't like him for that, but I do like him. He's a, no, it was a cracking goal. So I, th I think we, we didn't look uncomfortable when they obviously got the goal. And I thought that their goal, their goal was very good, actually, because the boy who burst down the ring, he timed his run beautifully and off he went and he pinged across and a perfect yeah. goal in terms of placing it. And then the pace which was on it, and Van Veen just caught it in a stride. He didn't even take it with his left foot, it was right. Straight. So I thought it was a really good goal. There was We get caught, and it, it was half a yard. So hey-ho. But they, I thought it was a nice bit of football for the cross and the finish to, to score the goal. 
The second goal they scored was just a disaster. That's Keystone Cop stuff. But well, I'm sure we'll come on to that. But uh, Tav, God bless him. And then he, you know, as he runs away, gives the supporters a, a wee G up. And hey, we're on our way. We never looked, uh, we never looked back after that. As soon as we get the equaliser, uh, the train is back on the rails and, and off we go. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, uh, Davey. And uh, I just say, I, I wanted to bring that up because Tavernier, um, I'll come on to the second goal in a minute. But the, the two bits of quality for him gets us in the league. And again, we've all been very, you know, criticising. But 98 Rangers goals, with, you know, you can't you can't knock that from fullback. I thought one of yesterday was one of his best games. He could have had a hat-trick. I know, Davey, you said about Meredos could have had a hat-trick. Tavernier could have had a hat-trick yesterday. But when was the last time we see Tavernier have that many chances in a game and be in the box that much? I can't remember it. Um, you know, if it was a long, long time ago. So hopefully that's, he's getting his confidence back, maybe a little bit fitter. Um, and, we, you know, we can start adding more numbers. So, Bill, we, we go in at half-time 1-1. Um, and I sat here and thought, we're going to see a reaction second half. Um, I just felt like it was it was coming. Bill has another team talk. And then a minute later, Fashion Sakala puts us 2-1 up. And again, I thought that was that was coming just the way we come out. I think Kent took on his fullback for the first time uh, in the game. And I, and I just felt we was going to get a goal. But the quality across here... Um, from Tavernier is 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 incredible. Um, you see that in the Premier League. You, you're raving about if, if Trent does that down in the Premier they're raving about it. It's a great cross. Mate, all Sakala's got to do is get contact, and he does get contact on the back of his head. It was a, it was a typical Sakala goal. I was absolutely screaming at the telly about Sakala in that first half, by the way, because um, I thought he was he was dreadful. But this is what Sakala does, um, and then he goes and he goes and gets another goal. And, and his numbers, to be fair, since Bill's come in, have been have been very good. Bill, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think what you said is right. You know, Kent, right at the start of the second half, Kent came flying down the left, put a cross in, it was cleared, and I thought, oh, you know, here, we're up for it. Because we'd been very, very sluggish in the first half. And I don't know why that is. It seems to be Michael Beale's half-time team talk. I, I don't know what he gives them in the oranges, but he must be giving them something to make them come flying out in the second half. But, yeah, that's a, that goal, um, It's I think it's Jack gets out to Cantwell, Passes it on to Tav, and what what a cross! Absolutely sensational. Um, and much like you, you know, I'd been screaming at Sakala in the first half for having done nothing, but he wasn't the only one. You know, we were very, very sluggish, very lethargic in the first half. Um, but excellent cross. I want to say great header, but I actually thought it came off of his back rather than the back of his head. But I, I don't suppose that matters too much. It's it's in the net, you know. And Sakala, you know, he's, he's he's a wee guy. He's not a big he's not a big guy, but he seems to to do very well in the air. I think it's about the the timing of the jumps, perhaps. You know, he, he just seems to get up and win the ball in the air an awful lot. And you know, like you said his numbers have been great since Bill came in, um, and I. I like Sakala, I really do. I think he's got a fantastic attitude and I think he does a lot of good things. He's a really untidy player and, yeah, I think we've all said this before that he probably never knows what he's going to do next and he must just be an absolute nightmare to play against as a defender with that pace and with that unpredictability. But, yeah, great goal um, and like you said, Tav, sort of pulling out the bag again when we needed it. Uh, I thought he did have a really good game yesterday bit of a stinker in the first half, three or four times when he put a cross in and the cross was way off the mark and went over the bar. And interesting because Yelmaz had been doing that at the other side in the first half as well. So I don't know why that was. But yeah, certainly in the second half, you know, that, that, that cross 
And then the rest of the second half, like you said, they thought Tav could have had another few. And I think Tav actually said that in his post-match interview that he should have scored three or four. Yeah, no, there was one at the end. He took his right foot. That's got to be a left foot finish. And then he needs another one. But but as I said, it was just pleasing to see him in the box that much um, because it's, it's been a while. And, and David Herb makes a really good point here and says that, you know, Tad for another season, he's going to score more Rangers goals than Steen, Parlane. And what a, what a bit of company that is. But from fullback, that's, that's why sometimes I have to, you know, he is frustrating. I think he has been, you know, not himself this season, but his numbers season in, season out, are, are incredible. Colin, we, we should have made it 3-1 a couple of minutes after that. I've got to bring this up because I think it was quite a big talking point in, in yesterday. I know we've already just touched on Cholak and his performance, performance, but he gets put in a uh, great chance to kill the game. All he's got to do is just slide it across to Sakala uh, to kill the game, and he tries a wild shot that, that, that ends up in the stand. I was getting Harry Forrester vibes. And again, sorry to bring that one up, but uh, how has he not just, just pulled that one across uh, and so Carlos slots that in and it's game over. We don't get the scare of Motherwell ever getting back in the game. But that's something where not just Cholak, by the way, but as a team, we're not ruthless enough. And I'm not saying ruthless for finishing. It's just if, if your teammate's in a better position to put the ball in the back of the net, you do it. Um, don't worry about your numbers. Just win the game, kill the game off. And, and that was, you know, that, that was really poor uh, from Cholak yesterday. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Fucking Harry Forrester, didn't I think we'd be talking about him tonight. Um, <laughs> um, no, with Joe, that really summed up his day yesterday. Uh, I actually think he should have been off just before or just after that, to be fair, because I, I think it's it was just an off day. And I know I've just said about how impressed I, I've been with him so far. It was it, it didn't work for him on the right, but he wasn't doing the basics well enough at all. And sometimes players just have that. It's not not every player will put it up at the level every game. Um, having said that, he he really has to do better. And I think I I don't mind a striker being greedy and trying to go for goal. Um, that's uh, if any, I want my strikers to to do more of that at Rangers. Um, but I think. I think it's a hesitation, and because he was having such a poor game and nothing was working for him, he's hesitated, he's thought to do a square it, do a shoot, and he's left it too long um, to, to square it, so he's tried to rush a shot, and it's just fucking went wayward. Um, that really summed up his game, but you're right in what you say about just being clinical, and uh, not just the strikers, but just having that killer pass at times. We do still revert to type, 
um, too often where if it's no coming off, we'll just pass it for one end of the 18-yard box to the other end, ball in, the hammer throws will head it away, whereas we need we need to start being braver on the ball. Then we speak time and time again of what is bravery. I think Tavernier does do well just to touch on him where he'll stand up and be counted and try something different. It doesn't always come off and that's why that's why I think it leads to a lot of flack. I know people are commenting on his crossing in the first half yesterday. Yes, it was shocking, but it's that bravery to go and try something. The execution was way off, but you need to start by being brave. Guys like Rashton and Campbell who have that gallusness, that confidence and the execution along with Tillman. That's going to be a game changer for Angels in the next 18 months. Um, and hopefully that, that rubs off in the, the rest of the players. But you're right, we need to be more clinical and we need to start by making the right decisions. Mm-hmm. But with Cholak, it's just, that summed up his day. Yeah, no, no, it did, it did, Colin. I think you make a really good point there about uh, Cantwell and, and Raskin because that, that's what I was going to add to it. They look like they've got that. They're not scared of that. We've seen Raskin, Raskin a few times. He didn't obviously play yesterday, but he'll try that forward pass. And if it doesn't come off, he won't go and revert to type like John Lundstrom does and hits that ball in a Barisic or Tavernier ball. Raskin's thinking, who can I feed in? And, and Cantwell's got it. And I just think Cantwell needs more game time. I think he, you can see him just growing. I'll, I'll talk about him more in a minute, but... But Davey P, I'm, I'm sorry I've got to come to you uh, for Motherwell's uh, equaliser. Um, do you know what? When Cholak done that yesterday, I had a feeling um, that Motherwell would get one chance just because it was such a you know a, a poor decision from Cholak. I thought they're, they're going to... just This Rangers team could just feel it that, that Motherwell were going to get a chance. And it's all from our own doing. Um, Lundstrom's too casual trying to head a ball back to McGregor. From the following corner, we don't deal with it. I think it was Tavernier that headed it up in the air. We don't get no challenge on the next one. And then Cholak, again, to sort of sum up his day, he's trying to shield it in his box instead of just putting it out for a corner. Alan McGregor comes nowhere. And even the the, the goal, it just bobbles in the net. It, it, it You know, it's a goal that defensively I've seen us concede, you know, just by the decision-making in the box too many times. And and we, me and Colin, they're just saying about being ruthless in, in, in the final third. We need to be more ruthless with our defending as well. Yeah, it's got to be at both ends. You know, we sh- we should be attacking from from you know Connor Goldson, and we should be defending from Antonio Cholak. Uh, the their second goal was was just a catalogue of disasters from losing the the ball out in the right hand side, which then eventually you know gets knocked into the air, and uh, John Lundstrom's attempt to head it back, you know, was uh, misjudged, puts it out for a corner for for nothing, despite being under no pressure. Uh, so and then the, the, when the ball eventually comes in, Tavernier heads it up in the air when he should have gone. I mean, it's it's uh, amateur stuff defending. Always get distance on the ball. Don't head it up in the air. Distance, distance. So he didn't. The ball comes back down. It's the melee, and Antonio Cholak then tries to shield the ball from you know the motherwell player, despite being three yards from the goal line, and he just pokes his leg through. Cholak's legs and, and knocks it under McGregor and the reaction of both Tavernier and Lundstrom to Antonio Cholak was a, you have to replay it and just watch their reaction and telling him just put it out the park and, and Lundstrom actually makes the gesture to show him where he should have put it out I mean if Tony didn't realise you know when he's, his effort at the other end it just wasn't his day, I think that, that, that at the other end just kind of clinched it, it was, uh, you know he used to be over to Michael Beale Michael, you need to save me from from this one. I'm I'm all over the place. 
No, it was uh, the, the second goal was a catastrophe. Just, I mean, that was Keystone Cop stuff, you know, in terms of the goal. Just nuts. I mean, you, you want your goalkeeper to come, you know, when when Tav heads up in the air, and, and I, I'm thinking a goalkeeper could maybe just come and get that. <clears throat> Doesn't come and get it. But, no, that was an absolute disaster. But quite quickly, you know, we're, we're back on 3-2, so... No harm done, I guess, but we need to learn the lessons from it. Is 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 the is the thing, and it's you know conceding a soft corner, and then conceding from the corner, and having you know at least two attempts to clear it. Uh, no, we have to do do good in that. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. As I say, it's been something that's happened to us all season. Um, you know, the set pieces defensively, we're starting to look a little bit better offensively. But the defense, there, there is still a vulnerability about us, you know, defending set, not just corner set plays as well. But Bill, so it's two all, and I, I'm just sitting there thinking, how are we in this position? We should be three, four, one up by now. Um, but you know, we're not. It's two all. Um, and then I was thinking, right, what's the reaction? Uh, and to be fair to the players, they, they, they reacted really positively from a, a as Davy just said, their disaster of a goal. And uh, I think, to be fair, I'm going to say Curry. I think Curry said that Todd Cantwell would score his first Rangers goal this weekend. So uh, there you go. You owe me. You owe me uh, a five there for mentioning you there, Curry. But uh, you know, he, he he was brilliant yesterday, and, and I wanted to save this little segment to talk about him because I thought he was he was the best player on the pitch. Um, and, and I've got to be honest, one of the, the, the things about Cantwell that's really surprised me is, um, you know, since he's been at Rangers, he's, he he puts it about a little bit as well. He's got a little bit of dig about him, which I've, I. I didn't think he had it in his locker and I think he is growing. I think he will get better as time. I think you'll probably see the best Todd Campbell next season if he stays fit. Um, but what did, you, what did you make of the goal yesterday? I know it was a little bit of a melee, but, um, you know, delighted for Campbell to get his, his first goal. Yeah, same. Absolutely delighted for him. I think, you know, it's the last two or three games he's, he's been really, really good and it's good to see him put the ball in the net and I think it'll do his confidence wonders as well. And, you know, the goal itself... I think there's a bit of debate around whether or not Sakala was offside. I watched the replay a few times. The lines look okay to me, but I saw Stuart Kettlewell was questioning it quite heavily, shall we say. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just one of those, I think, where it's not clear and the defenders and attackers' lines overlap. The attacker gets the benefit of the doubt, but Sakala puts the ball across. Absolute goal-mouth scramble. I think I've written down here Kent. Cholak and Tav all had shots that were blocked, but Cantwell does the clever thing and lifts the ball into the roof of the net. You know, I, I thought that was really good. And for you know other things that Cantwell did yesterday as well, Colin was talking a few minutes ago about Cholak's absolute power of a miss. But you know, Cantwell's pass through to Cholak there was just an absolute killer pass, and that's the type of thing you know a player like Cantwell is what we need to unlock these stubborn defences where he can play a pass like that and actually pick out a man in good space and set up the opportunity. So, aye, Cantwell, um, you know, that comment coming up there from Nicholas, just getting better every game, I think he is. Um, like you said, Mason, he's not afraid to put it about a bit. I counted in the first half yesterday four or five interceptions in Motherwell's half where Cantwell comes in, either tackles or just picks up the ball um, sort of by cutting down the passing lanes and then shifts momentum and gets the turnover and then all of a sudden we're on the attack, you know, and that's a really important quality for us to have as well as that's, you know, the types of things like that that you can do. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, Bill. And, 
I've been, I've been, you know, really pleased with, with Cantwell. And as you said, with a finish, it's just that little bit of composure that that Tavernier didn't have and, and Cholak didn't have at the, fir- the first two bites of it, and it just put it, just putting it high. And um, Colin, um, Bill says there about, and it was another VAR decision. And uh, I've had a lot of comments tonight. Well, we've had a lot of comments tonight about um, sports scene, um, which, to be honest, I don't watch, um, and uh, I don't know if you watch it, Colin, but. Um, it was another VAR decision that could have gone either way. Again, the way they draw the lines, as I said, the, the, what the cameras they've got at Fur Park. Um, it, I always, I agree with you. I always like to see it go in the, you know, even if it goes against us, I'm doing, doing up. But I've even said it, you know, watching games that I don't care about in the attackers, you know, advantage because it's look, football's a, uh, you know, an entertainment sport. You don't want to take that away from it. Um, but what did you make of, of 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 that yesterday? Did you think, oh, that looks offside here, or? You know, because I thought the Motherwell one was was quite obvious, but the you know Sakala one probably, if I'm being honest, did look maybe just a little bit off. But as I say, you know, it, it should go to you know strikers' advantage. Yeah, um, you know me when it comes to football, I'm I'm an old man. Take this an attacking game. Uh, I like the I, I I like that side of it, and it should be it should be an attacking game. It should be going in the benefit of the striker and you're right it's, it's all fine well saying that when it goes against us but we need to stick by that notion um, if if it goes for or goes against us sorry um, I've said time, you, we can maybe copy and paste um, a snippet for several other pods for the start of the season um, where we've said VAR works the technology works the idiots who <laughs> who use the technology aren't up to scratch and that's always going to be the case until until we get better referees. I think it's slightly different yesterday because the camera angles don't help us at all, but that's where we need to look at where's the, where's the money going in Scottish football? Where, like, where, where can we actually dictate where we need a certain criteria? So many cameras in the stadiums. Um, but there has to be better governance about this um, because the technology does work and all the errors that we see in all the top leagues um, around Europe, there are errors, but they're all human error. We have more up here because the infrastructure is not there, and more importantly, the decision makers aren't competent enough, and that's going to be the case time and time again until that changes. And I don't want to sound too preachy, but we said that all of us have said this um, on the pod before. Um, it's the standard they're officiating. Just before you move on, Mason Cash, give a shout out to Cami. Um, in the comments, the last few episodes, he's been gifting out memberships uh, for the uh, for the fellow uh, watchers, and it's so generous and it's really, really appreciated. Him and everybody else who's supporting the pod, and that's a good few episodes. Um, Cami K has been um, dissing them out left, right, and centre. Um, a massive thank you. It goes a long way. No, absolutely, and, and and I really appreciate that, Cammy. And sorry, I missed one the other day for some weird reason. I'm not getting it through on 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 on, 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 the, on the user. So uh, no, cheers for that, Colin and and top man, top man, Cammy. But Colin, just before I move on to, to the WP, um, I, I want your thoughts on Todd Cantwell yesterday um, and and his performances of late because I think he he is looking like we've we've won a watch for this one. Aye, I love him. Uh, like it's my thoughts are short and sweet. I, I absolutely love the guy. Um, he's just sensing that wee ribbon that he had in his hair. That's how good he is. I'm willing to overlook that and the wee porn star moustache that he's got. 
he's just a fucking Rolls Royce of footballer, isn't he? Um, and that's why the, a couple of weeks ago when I was last on, I posed the question, do we spend the money on Tillman? Um, and after Tillman's cameo, I, I made myself look like an idiot. But the reason why is because Camwell's had such an impact and six months ago, we were talking about building the team around Tillman. But now that I've seen Cantwell come in, I'm like, do we build a team around him? Uh, um, and uh, like, it's a good problem to have. Um, who who's going to who's going to be the main man? Who like, I think the, the competition between them both would be very healthy. But just back to what I was saying earlier about Cantwell, just that bravery and and uh, the gallusness and the confidence to go and try something different and I like how he just pops up everywhere on the pitch. I mean, at Ibrox last week you see him just pop up at left back trying to get the ball but he's not just going there to do what John Livingston does and then play a two-yard pass. He'll, he'll try and ping a 40-yarder and sometimes it won't come off but more often than not uh, is. And back to his goal this is the biggest thing with Todd Cantwell coming for a, a higher standard of, uh, of football. His speed of thought is just five 10 seconds ahead of the rest of the players right now. He, he's got the same ability um, as other players we've seen before, but he just thinks at a much quicker rate. That's why, and see, they just hitting and home. He had the he had the cunningness to to lift the ball over the keeper. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree, and just hope he keeps going. And, and we see, you know, I think that he's got a lot of talent. I think I think he's given even more gears to go. I think he's got to have more goals. I think that was his first goal in a couple of years. I think um, so. That needs to improve. And more assists because he's got it in his locker. We've seen it. We just we just need to see it consistently consistently for Rangers, and that's going to be huge for, for Todd Cantwell. But early signs are definitely there. Davey P. Malik Tillman comes off the bench, and to be fair, I'll shout out Morelos here as well because I thought he had a good cameo. Just said he should have had a hat trick, but the pass he plays into to Tillman for the fourth goal um, is very underrated for me because he's it's got pace. Tillman's touch is brilliant, and the finish is even better. Um, Something that Malik Tillman's got in his locker, and for me the biggest frustration is he's not done it enough. Uh, there's been times where he's had chances and he doesn't put his foot through it. Um, but that, you know, he's still young. I think that will come. But um, what a finish! Definitely goal of the day that one from from Malik Tillman. Yeah, I mean, in a packed penalty box, you know, Alfie gets to the, the touchline and and you know has the wherewithal to lift his head and and knock it back to Malik Tillman. Obviously, he's got the option to just drive it into a congested, you know, six-yard box may take a dunt off someone but he picked out Malik, Malik's first touch you know, for, and then the ball to move across his body, you know, with the first touch, having taken a bit of the pace off it, was just sublime and then his finish, you know absolute top drawer, well done Big Malik, it was uh, he dispatched that at a fair rate of knots and, and, and at that point, you know, when we go 4-2 up, Rangers are now utterly dominant. You know, we're going at them wave after wave. You know, we created so many chances, you know, from the, in the last 15, 20 minutes. We really should have, we could have doubled the score, but it was a, I always like to see us see out the game being being so so on top. It was a, and, you know, both, I think, Will and Colin have mentioned Cantwell's pass to uh, Antonio Cholak because this was Antonio's moment in the game, wasn't it? Because he's been, you know, having a hard time. He's got the ball. Todd Cantwell's played it straight through to him. He's clearing in goal. This is the make up for you know make a fucking a good day out of a shite day, and he completely fluffed it, you know. But Todd Cantwell, I'm really liking this boy because he's got it all: technical ability, energy, 
he's got that wee dig about him, you know, and, and speed of thought, which called, you know, football intelligence. I don't know what you, how you would define it, but he's got it in spades. I'm, I, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves and we told Cantwell, but he looks, he looks a player, a really, really good player. I mean, and again, man of the match for me. And I, and I think for me, I think three out of the last four, I would Todd Cantwell as man of the match. He, uh, so I'm going to forgive him for the hairdo and the ribbon because I'm not going to mention that anymore. He can wear a pink ribbon as, as far as I'm concerned. The boy is a uh, boy's a baller. I cannot wait for the comments that we're all going to have when he misses a penalty against Celtic or something because we're a fickle bunch of fans. He's going to get fucking slaughtered, isn't he? I'll be back on. The ribbon's got to go. Until then, I'm coming straight to Davy P the first time he has a bad game. Don't worry about that. That, that, that haircut's getting Like you said about Scott Wright, get that haircut. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Bill, uh, we're going to stay with Canwell because he was involved in um, sending off for, for Motherwell. Um, the boy was on a yellow um, and he's someone that puts it about. Him and, him and Canwell were at it all game. It, it was going on through the, the whole game. Uh, at the time, I thought it was a it was a. It looked like a naughty one, uh, and I think that, that that you know. But sort of watching it back, I think maybe it's a little bit harsh. What's your thoughts on on that one, Bill? Yeah, I probably agree with you. To be honest, uh, when I saw it in real time, I thought Cantwell had taken a sore one, but I wonder if he just buys it a little bit. And you know what? There's nothing actually wrong with that. Um, I think when we were. We were talking before we went on air tonight and, and Davy sort of said, you know, Kettlewell's going to have that team fired up to boot fuck out of all the Rangers players during the game. And they did, you know, absolute hammer throwers. Um, so, you know, if, if if Cantwell can give a little back, then I think fair enough. Um, so for me, uh, it's, it's probably not a yellow card. It's probably just a little bit harsh. You can certainly see why a referee would give it. But does Cantwell go down a bit easily? I think he probably does. You know, a, a man with uh, such a fine porn star moustache, was it you said, Colin? Such <laughs> a fine porn star moustache, I don't expect him to go down all that often. <laughs> that yeah, poor, 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 I know, uh, poor. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what, though? Just to say that the boy's on a yellow card, so it's a silly, you're, you're raising your arms when you're, you're on a yellow, I think you're asking for trouble because yeah. there is a chance you can catch uh, you know, Cantwell, and, and again, slow down does always make it, make it, make it look look worse. But um, Colin, um, oh, I will come to this because it's been it's been in the comments obviously about sports scene. But Richard Foster absolutely slaughtered Cantwell for for his reaction. I think he said that he he wouldn't go you know down like that if Tyson hit him or something like that. He, you know, for an ex Rangers player, um, you know, it's not it's what I expect from Richard Foster in the first place, but. Um, you know, just on Richard Foster and that comment. What also? What did you make of the sending off? Was you? Did you think it was a little bit harsh? Well, we'll give the listeners a wee bit of uh, behind the curtain of what happens pre-pod. Um, as always, David Pollock's, um, he joins a wee bit late and then he fucks off to the back of the living room. Bill's asking, "What's the agenda tonight?" And me and Mason are debating: should we call tonight's show Ricky Foster's a cock? That pretty much sums up our thoughts on it. He's I barely ended the highest order, didn't he? And uh, it's very much sports scene. And, and I don't really watch sports scene because I just get riled up with it. It's, you do get the feeling 
the opinions that they share are their tone apart line and they I wouldn't think they would stand by their convictions. I think they do they do just spout nonsense for shock jock type clickbait views. Um and Ricky Foster's falling into that trap. I mean, like, listen, we, we do a podcast, we try and engage with folk. It's no easy to get uh, bites and listeners in. We know that as well. But I like to think we all stick by our, our guns and try and be as balanced as we can. Um, I think Ricky Foster has fallen into that trap. And it's always disappointing to see an X Rangers player do that. Um, on the sending off, I'll be honest, um, I would have been livid if a Rangers player got sent off for that. But at the same time, I think that Slattery was being a bit of a thug yesterday and he probably deserved to be sending off for the constant fouling. For that for that incident itself, I know the rule is um, it should be a booking if your arm is dangerous and making contact, but I think while it is in the air and failing, I don't think it's in... It, it, I don't think there's enough movement in it or enough um, like vigour behind it to really merit like, dangerous play. Um, so it is on the fence for me. I would have been, I wouldn't, I would have been upset if Lundstrom got sent off for that. But at the same time, back to my what I said, I thought Slater his first tackle for his first book was an absolute shocker, and it was constant fouling time after time. So probably, probably all fair. End of the day. Yeah, no, no. That, I think that was his eleventh eleven card, uh, yellow card. Um, which sort of says it all about him as well. And I'm more interested about kicking people than, than playing the game. But but fair well, fair play to Campbell because I thought he he give it him back. And then again, that's something we haven't seen enough from from Rangers players. Um, you know, put it about, and he was putting it about himself. So so I like that. But DUP, um, I, I was going to ask for everyone's man of the match, but to be honest, boys, jump in when I come to you. It, it, it's going to be Campbell. If the, if it's anyone else when I come to you, let me know. But I think we're all in agreement. It's Todd Campbell. Um, so to finish off tonight, I'm going to I'm going to finish off on the old firm allocation. We spoke a little bit about Thursday that it was rumours that you know that there was going to be no fans um, for the remaining uh, home and away game uh, in the league, and and it's been that was confirmed on on Friday morning. Uh, David, what's your thoughts on on that? Uh, are you a little bit disappointed that, that the 800's gone, or is it a case of don't let them back in? I think it must be difficult to negotiate with that mob, you know, in terms of agreeing what equivalency across the two fixtures, you know, where if they would get you know, 8,000, 7,500, I think, in the Broomland stand, and then Rangers get. 8,000, which uh, because their ground's bigger, and that we would get the, the same percentage pro rata uh, for that for the corner. I, I, I don't think that is equivalent. So, uh, if, if we if they can't see the, the Rangers case and, and making that argument, then pretty much uh, or it's we just things reach a stalemate quite quickly. So, I, I'm okay with them not being any fans. At, they don't come here and we don't go there. I'm happy with that. I know it kind of devalue. Does it devalue the fixture? A lot of people, you know, are saying that the Rangers fans are saying that, they, you know, they would like to go to Parkhead and, you know, we shouldn't be uh, sending a Rangers team in there with no support. So they would have to come up with a, a big, get their big boy pants on and come up with a, a grown-up solution that, that suits both parties. I, I really don't think there's much of a, an appetite between the, the two sides for that for that to happen. So 
it's difficult to see it. I personally don't have any problem with it. I will never set foot in their ground again. So, uh, and that's my choice. But other people do, and I would be quite happy to see a, a range of support. But uh, it, it doesn't seem equal in, in the way that the, 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 the fans, you know, are allocated within the, the stadium. So they would have to redress that. I'm sure there's a solution somewhere which could which could fix this, but for the moment, uh, I think a, a longer term solution is going to require some concessions in someone's part because the minute you make a concession to that mob, or, or that mob would make a concession to us, you know, all manner of uh, abuse starts flying about. You know, we don't we don't deal with them, but <clears throat> there has to be a solution somewhere. If I, I, it doesn't really bother me though that there's there's no fans in the, the ground, you know, because they just upset me when I'm at Ibrox anyway. So they're not there. <laughs> that's a, that's a good thing, and I'm not going to their ground, so I'm gonna get off light. I think for the fixture itself and in the longer term, we need to be uh, maybe a wee bit more mature in, in in the negotiations and rather than it being brinkmanship all the time. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Davy Davy P. But I think David Hurt makes a really good point here about you know going to you know as a supporter being able to go to your biggest rivals and see 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 us win and you know uh, the problem I've got is going back to the old you know eight thousand each um, is that their ultras are right behind our goalkeeper. That doesn't happen in you know anywhere. Um, they get that whole stand. I think, as you said, Davey, where we go there, it's completely different. Um, again, you know, that, that, that's that's just the way it is. But I do, but yeah, say my personal opinion, I, I think it will, it will be like this for a long time. I think between the both clubs, there's, there's a lot of bad blood in terms of, you know, as bad as it's been for a long time because we've seen this. Now it's gone down to 800 and it's been no fans and it, it, is, it seems like there's no, you know, there's no middle ground. But Bill, what, what's your thoughts on, on this whole, you know, situation because look, this not it is one of the, the biggest derbies in the world, and the support, the atmosphere makes these derbies. So, what, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's a great shame. I think there's still an excellent atmosphere, despite the fact that you know there's no fans from either side allowed in or whatever. There will still be a good atmosphere, but how fantastic is it when Rangers beat that mob at their own ground? And the Rangers supporters are out singing them. You know, that's just that's just fantastic. Um, but, you know, I think the distance between the two clubs at a board level is, is the greatest that I can remember it. Um, you know, we only seem to be getting further apart. Uh, Davey, I think you used the word brinkmanship, and that's sort of what it is now. I don't see a way back in the, the short to medium term on this. I think it'll be at least the next few seasons where we'll be stuck with this. I would like to see, you know, a bit of a mix. And I, I don't know about the numbers like 8,000, I think. Giving them a full stand might be too much. But I, I certainly do think that there should be an away support for these fixtures. I just I don't know how we get to that point now, given what's going on. And as Davies rightly said, the, the fact that when one side makes a concession, now they'll come in for all sorts of abuse. I, I don't see a way back, or I, I don't know what the way back might be. Absolutely, and, and to finish it off, Colin, what's your you know what's your thoughts on this as well? 
Um, I'm probably I'm sorry, I disagree with me yourself, Mason and David. It's um, I, I I do think it's a bit of a shame that one no like the the two clubs haven't come in agreement. Um, I don't think other than like. I don't know, other than like the pandemic, there shouldn't be a reason where away fans can't visit a ground. Um, I think going back to, I don't know, I'm an old romantic with football and I, I, the idea of us going and winning Parkhead and Rangers fans not being able to celebrate it, whether that's one or, or 10,000, I don't like the idea and I think it probably speaks to Scottish football and I've said this time and time again about a number of different things, Scottish football has to be run a bit better. I don't think any club in the league should be allowed to... Um, basically spent the dumb at least Celtic have done um, and just say no we don't want any fans um, having said that my first season ticket was in the room one I, I used to get all the home games apart from the Celtic game when I would have to go on a ballot for the general sale and for that and that always really annoyed me and when I moved to the Copeland it really annoyed me that I knew other fans went there and it's mental that we're giving them a full stand um, so I was happy they went to the 800 I wouldn't it wouldn't bother me too much if both clubs agreed to the European allocation as long as no season ticket holders were impacted. Um I think your season ticket holder you should have to uh, you should be given the every league game, regardless if it's Celtic, Cubs, Aberdeen, whatever. That's where I think maybe the compromise is. But back to the old firm have too much power um, in the league, and they can't. They need to come to some sort of agreement together because nobody can make them. And I, to Bill's point, I don't see that happening. There's far too much distance, and whoever blinks first will see their own support. will see them as backing down or whatever. So it might be like this for a wee while. No, no, absolutely, and I think I think that is a quite a you know if there is middle ground, I think the European allocation is a good a good shout. Um, but it's a case of if any season ticket holders are impacted, then absolutely, I think it, it won't happen. But I think we'll see this for for a long time with, with no fans. I think we're seeing it around Europe as well. Um, but it's definitely you know one to watch, and as I said, the next two two league games there will be no fans. But it might you know it might be even sweeter going there and getting a result. And with, with no one there, um, just 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 all them absolutely guided. So uh, hopefully that's the case. But but lads, obviously international break, so there's no you know predictions or anything like that. So Davey P, just you know all that's left to do is uh, thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah, it was uh, good to be on and good to be you know looking over a, a good victory yesterday and and a, a cracking run. You know fix, away fixtures. You know since Michael Beale has arrived, you know we're on. We've gone. Almost the uh, the full set. We've probably got a couple to go. Let's hope uh, your next away game is 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 added to the list of comfortable victories because uh, we could be doing that one. So no, we. Well, I'm hoping that Michael Beale will use the time uh, to get on the training ground and and get his options sorted. I'm sure he will be. Uh, maybe even get a couple of players back. That would be nice. But uh, no, thanks for having us. No, no, absolutely. And that is eight eight wins, uh, away wins in a, in a row for Bill. Now, I think he's the first Rangers manager to do that since he's come in the door. I think Dick Havocat had seven. Um, so, uh, 
you know, a lot of credit goes out to Bill. There's been a lot of grumbles about this season, but um, look, credit where it's due, eight in a row. Bill, thanks again for, for coming on tonight. Uh, better circumstances uh, since, since the, the last one, but um, no, I appreciate you coming on. Hi, thank you very much for having me on. Good, sir. And as Davey said, you know, really good to just be reflecting on a solid victory where we were comfortable. Hopefully, during the international break, things will move forward within the, the training ground and we can come back stronger and go and really hose that mob doing at their place. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's that's what we've got to do. That's what's on Bill now to go and go and beat them and and, and that's Scottish Cup semi-final. Everything's building to that after the, the international break. But but lastly, thank you, Colin, for coming on tonight, mate. But as I say, it's been a while since we've been on uh, together, but I really enjoyed that one tonight. No, I should, we should come on more. More often, maybe is it maybe it'll make Rangers win more often. Um, but no, it's really good to to be back on with your boys chatting about a, a good win. Um, just again a massive thank to all the listeners um, tuning in and just engaging with us time and time again. And a special thanks to everybody who's signed up to be a member for a pound a month. It really does go a long way. Um, just behind the scenes, like everybody um, is working really hard in the background, like tight bring additional content out and just uh, an update. I was back in Ibrox on Friday night for the under-18s game. We're going to try and get back in Ibrox, do a bit more match coverage as and when. Go an interview with Graham Roberts coming up as well. So uh, that bend a month, it's, it's going to try and make the pod a bit bigger, a bit better and some more content. So it's really appreciated um, people willing to pay money and like if that's something you can do, just things I like, whatever. I really do appreciate everybody getting involved. No, absolutely. And second that, Colin, the the comments every week, uh, you know, the, the likes, everything. But the, the comments, keeping up the comments is always a tough one um, because we, we do get so many. And again, sorry if I've not um, come to your comments, uh, but make sure, you, you know, you, you come on next time and, and give us, give us a, you know, a question and, and we'll get to it. But as always, thanks for listening. We are the people. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.